Hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Performance Group Health podcast with me, Martin McPhillamy. And uh, today we've got a, uh, another special guest on. We've got uh, Max McCall. So Max is a, a strongman competitor and also strongman online, online coaching. Uh, he's been doing it for a couple of years now and he's been quite successful. He's, uh, he's a little bit cheeky with his, I think with one of his clients picking his, uh, his, his major client up, uh, the, world, the world record holder and the, <laughs> yeah. the, um, uh, you know, the, the under 90s world champion. That story to me that you told, was it Channel 7 or Channel 9? Uh, I don't know the channel, but yeah, it was uh, Today Tonight. Today Tonight, yeah, yeah, cool. Just tell me again how you, uh, how you managed to, to, to pick up him. What, what kind of, I can't remember how you pronounce his first name. Oh, yeah, so, so um, Narimu Ahipene. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, just call him Nah. Nah, yeah, okay. Yeah, just, just call him Nah. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> so Nah, I met him at a comp um, about two and a half years ago. And then uh, he, he messaged me a few months later um, asking who my coach was because I was putting up some interesting training. And I said, oh, my coach um, doesn't have any spots. Um, so how about I train you instead? And I offered him quite a discounted rate. And he was my first ever online client. Yeah. And then, yeah, exactly. It was actually exactly two years, two months, and two days after I started training him, he became World's Strongest Man. Ah, that's incredible. Now, um, <laughs> just... Uh, so in actual fact, he wouldn't have been able to afford my coach, or um, yeah, yeah. He, he was, uh, you know, I was paying like nine hundred dollars a week yeah. to for this guy to coach me. So it wasn't gonna happen anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, so you were paying quite high rates for the for your coach. So who was your coach? Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Um, so awesome, awesome coach. Um, so this guy Tom Hibbert in the UK. Yeah, okay. Um, who's actually he's come come second in under ninety kilo world's strongest man, and he um. He's also set the under ninety log world record, and now he's going for the under one hundred five log world record. Oh fuck! So he's basically just focusing on log press at the moment, as far as I'm aware. But anyway, he's yeah. So he based in the UK in Southampton, got a gym there, Winning Health Solutions. Yeah, awesome. And he was like um, sort of one of the first guys I saw that was really applying, um, you know, really thinking um, deeply about applying. You know, good training principles are strong man. You know, okay. instead of just training hard and heavy all the time. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I just started reading some of his articles and I was like, you know, this is the only guy I'm seeing who's actually um, intelligently approaching strong man training. So I had to get him to, to coach me. And I got, yeah, great results. That was the year I won WA Strongest Man. 2016, 17? 2017. 2017. Yeah. Um, so yeah, great results with him. Um, and I basically, because I'm modeled by business after him, you know. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it changed, changed a few things, but um, yeah, he kind of learned from how, how I could turn online coaching into a career, and I learned a lot about um, training from him, but um, you know, I've since then created my own methods, um, yeah. which you've got to do, you've got to yeah, learn, learn from your mentors, and then um, take the parts you like, you know, discard what you don't like, and create your own path, and create you know new knowledge yeah um, well i think that's sort of what poliquin really did wasn't it really charles poliquin yeah, yeah. De defied the science and just kind of went mm -hmm. you know what i'm just going to come up with my own ways of doing things yeah. um and he was one of the most decorated stone conditioning coaches that has been in in, in the olympics so yeah, yeah absolutely well, well i mean poliquin's um a big mentor of mine so i did two of his courses okay so actually i started his courses when i was um at university yeah. So, um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, um, I remember it was like, 
I, I, I was an exchange um, in Norway hmm. and I got a um, quite a big scholarship to help with the exchange. Okay. And I spent it all on this course. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, if it's yeah. your passion, go for it, hey? Yeah, so... Um, <laughs> And uh, yeah, you know, honestly, um, some of his courses I learned more in a few days than I learned um, up until then in my entire degree. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so, what's, what did you study? So, it's sports science, exercise, and health at UWA. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. And you went to Norway for a, for a year? Uh, six months. Six yeah. months. How yeah. was that experience? Yeah, it was good. Yeah, d- yeah you know, very um, yeah, different country. You know, um, I could, uh, the first day I arrived, it's like. Um, you know, completely bright, and it's like 10, 30, 11 at night. <laughs> and, um, and, and Norwegians really don't like a drink, so especially, you know, students. So <laughs> I was at this student village, uh, and they had about um, 20 or 30 uh, buildings, and there's a bar, underground bar, underneath each one, and each one's for a different faculty. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. So the bar has a, a faculty who have a bar each. Underneath each sort of um, building, yeah. Oh, what? That's amazing. Yeah, so I, I rock up and then everyone's in these basement bars and, yeah. and it's completely bright. And then um, everyone went, went out to a club. Yeah, yeah. Like 11, you know, 10, 30, 11 and it's daytime. That's so strange. Yeah, it's yeah. like it feels like a day party when it's actually yeah. just... Um, Did you get confused with what time it is? Um, no, I didn't really. You kind of got used to it. Yeah. Um, but... Um, I mean, yeah, it, it was different. Like there was, uh, there was no compulsory classes. Okay. So I just went traveling with a bunch of mates around yeah. Norway. You know, most of the time we just partied. And yeah. No one was going to any lectures or anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I went to hardly any yeah. lectures in my first or second year yeah, at uni. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, um, and it turned out I couldn't actually do sports science over there. Okay. So that actually ended up extending my degree by quite a bit because. Mm. I, they, I got told I'd do sports science at this university, and then when I turned up, that was the one subject that was actually in, in Norwegian, so I couldn't study it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I ended up doing Norwegian history, uh, medicine for non-medical students, and neuroscience unit. Fuck, there's um, a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah well, well, I mean, um, there wasn't a lot, because I was just, just having a good time. Yeah. And then um, it came to about three days before neuroscience exam, and I realized I needed to learn everything about the entire brain hmm. for a seven-hour exam in three days. And I'm still not entirely sure how, how I passed that one. So, yeah. so why, why Norway? Was it Because, I mean, that's, that region of, of, of Europe is, yeah. is quite renowned for having quite strong uh, men. Was, yeah. that, was there anything to do with it at all? Um, I didn't really think about that too much. I mean, I did actually, um, I did visit the... Um, Crossball Club, which was like the uh, big powerlifting, um, uh, very successful powerlifting gym there. Had yeah, okay. Really strong people. Um, it was like in the underground, underneath the kindergarten, and, it was, <laughs> and there, there was only a urinal, yeah. no actual toilet. Um, it seems like they're underground stuff ever in Norway. Yeah, yeah, but, but now that there was some yeah really strong people there. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mainly just trained. They had some excellent gyms at the university, so I mainly trained it. Those ones right here in here in uh, Australia no, or, no, no. or uh, over Norway, over in yeah, Norway. Yeah, well, Norway, just to train at university gyms mainly. Pretty good facilities. How do they compare to to UWA? Um, pre- pretty similar. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, it's interesting. There's a few cultural things like they had like stall bars. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. We do hang leg raises and shoulder stretches and and had like lots of ski ergs. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. so they're pretty much um standard equipment like lots of racks and um plates and you know 
deadlift platforms. So yeah. just, just, you know, really good for basic training. But then, the, yeah, it's interesting they have these few little extra things that I quite liked, which um, you don't really see in Australian gyms like, I mean, most people don't even know, probably know what a store bar is. Nah. No. You, nah. you don't know what it is? No, I don't even know what it is. Oh, so, so you know the um, gymnastics uh, bar, like it's like a series of wooden bars up against a wall. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. okay. So so you, what you can do is you can do hang leg raises yeah. and it will stop you swinging backwards and, and cheating. So it makes it Ah, so, so it's like coming from a just a still movement, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other one, you can, uh, it, when you hang from it, it really gets a big stretch in the lats. Yeah, okay. So awesome for shoulder flexibility. Yeah. Um, there's, there's a heap of exercises you can do on them. Um, and yeah, it's just something you never, ever see in Australia. Cool. And, and then obviously, you know, they had, you know, instead of um, normal ergos, they had the ski ergos. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're getting those in Australia now with, um, Revo has, has a few. Oh man, I love them to be fair. They're awesome for just, yeah, yeah. just smashing out 30 seconds on, 30 seconds yeah, but, off. But I mean, that's recent. Like, I've never seen one before until I was in, in Norway. Yeah, okay. Yeah, now they... Yeah, I mean, there was one uh, when I was back in England, um, it would have been about four, six or seven years ago. Yeah. I remember one being there, but it was in the corner. No one used it. No one really touched it. But yeah. I, th- I think it's more, it's probably more CrossFit that's brought, brought that yeah, into the scene. Yeah. Like they seem to uh, right, yeah. make these machines and you know, the competitions a little bit glamorous or yeah, you know, exciting yeah. because there's a lot of competition yeah, there. Yeah. But that's, that's pretty awesome though. It's good to hear about your journey over into to Norway. But really, uh, I've always been a massive fan of Strongman. It was actually something yeah. that me and, because uh, over in England, they actually play it on Christmas Day. Yeah. So uh, it was yeah. always something that I'd sit down with my dad and, yeah. and, and watch the Strongman finals. Yeah. But obviously it actually takes part, it actually, it's like June or July where it actually um, uh, it finishes, but then yeah. they don't release, well in the UK anyway, I don't know if it's the same over here, but what actually, uh, what, what attracted you to, to Strongman? Yeah, so well, it was um, interesting. I remember when I was, um, I don't know the exact date, maybe around sort of 8 to 10, I can't remember exactly, but I remember I had one of those um, Guinness World Records books. Yeah, yeah, I used uh, to have those as well. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I'm sure you'll like me. I just needed to know who was the strongest, who's the fastest, you know, who can jump. I just wanted to know all the facts and figures about, mm. um, you know, the... Well, the human body especially so I remember I'd sometimes I wouldn't even buy it I'd just go to a library and flick straight to the um, you know athletics and strength section yeah and I wasn't even into sports at the time I just wanted to know you know where's the human body stand yeah okay anyway and I remember um, I read this um, section on like had this like page on World's Strongest Man one of the editions obviously the mm. record's different every year yep. they have in there and it had um I remember reading it. I had like on a next on a the page next to it. It had um like a world record for like a deadlift, and I was like, "What's a deadlift?" Like, yeah, I didn't okay. even know anything about training. Yeah. And then it had something about World Strongest Man and who'd won the most titles. Yeah. And I thought, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna be at that competition one day. And yeah. I just put the book down and forgot about it for years. Yeah. But for some reason that like stuck in the back of my head, so I knew um, I was gonna do that. And then I was actually um. I mean, I think it sort of came part of it. Part of my real interest in um, training and become wanted to become a good coach, or, or almost becoming a good coach by accident, mm. was um, I was just a terrible athlete you know, okay. growing up. So yeah. I remember, uh, like, uh, <laughs> growing up, not even being able to do one push-up. Wow, really? Actually, trying to do it and face planting. Yeah. Because, and then 
practicing for a few weeks doing one push up, and I was so excited. And then I obviously just stopped there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Life goals complete. <laughs> yeah. But um, <laughs> and then um, yeah, no, I remember. Yeah, really frustrating me um, being excluded from sports because I was, I was, I was terrible at them. Mm. Slow, uh, you know, not. Um, you know, I'm on the on the football team and not um, getting like five minutes of game time. Yep. Or sometimes no game time, and the coach just sends me off in the last minute. Yeah. And I'm running out, and the siren goes. Yeah. You know, so, nah. so those, those kind of memories are gonna drive you to want to. Well, I mean, some people are gonna just push your sport aside. Yeah, yeah. But I think um, I I felt that was something I needed to conquer. Was, okay. Um, find you know a sport that I was good at and get good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, so and then I sort of yeah, so I got got into some training. Um, I, I was really obsessed with like vertical leap, like jumping higher, especially yeah. um, in high school. So and I was doing a lot of karate, so sort of a lot of stretching. So um, like I was yeah doing the splits and then you know every morning go for a run and then do jumps and push ups and all kinds of which like I trained for like three hours straight. Oh really? Every morning. Fuck. I'd like get up at like you know five a.m. Yeah. Tra- train till eight. <laughs> yeah. You know, go to school. And what age were you when you were doing this? Oh, I was like, uh, what, like um, year 10, 11 kind of thing. Okay, so, so you're yeah. 15, 16. 15, 16. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was about three hours of training. Fuck. Like, <laughs> I'd do things like put um bricks to to try try jump higher. I'd put load my backpack up with bricks and mm. do a lap of the school. Yeah. So I had, I had this brutal cross-country track that was like, um, um, I don't know, maybe like two or three Ks. There was like these massive hills. And um, yeah, to, to do it with a, a weighted backpack. Fuck. Um, but then... Um, something, know, like, something like the SAS, that is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then um, one, one, I think I might only have done that once because then I went to, went, to, went to school that day and then um, my, my books were... I was like missing a few books and then I realised they'd fallen out of my backpack. Yeah, <laughs> had a hole in it. <laughs> Fuck's <laughs> sake. That's brilliant. Yeah, That's and, pretty... and, and then the other, the other thing I used to do, I'd put, um, you know, ankle weights? Yeah. I put ankle weights on um, underneath my school trousers yeah. and wear them all day at school. Yeah, oh, and then, wow. And then you take them off and yeah. you feel like you're fly. Yeah. Because you've been loaded. Well, Oh, I used to, one of my best mates back at home uh, when I was younger, he, he always thought, let's just do the same things. Like if we put ankle weights around our, yeah. around our, around our ankles when we're at school and we're walking around and we're, mm-hmm. you know, because we used to play a lot of soccer in the yeah. breaks and stuff like that, um, you'd be faster. Yeah. But we never actually did it because we were always a bit like, oh, this be a bit embarrassed yeah. about it. So <laughs> that's pretty cool that you actually went away and did that. So, yeah. I mean, well, I mean, you couldn't actually see them under yeah. the, 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 the way the trousers were designed at the school grounds. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll make sure I'd sure run up all the stairs mm-hmm. uh, just, just to get some extra, extra working. <laughs> what, what I'm interested to know is that obviously during that period, you've gone from a period where you... You, know, you, you weren't involved in sports that much. Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, you weren't getting picked for certain things. Mm. So then training really hard yeah. to then, um, you know, finding something, uh, a, a bit of a love or passion for fitness and, and yeah. getting stronger in vertical jump. How did that transform your confidence outside of sports and, and, and uh, just training as well? Well, I mean, it probably took a while. Like I was still, um, I think, yeah, definitely played a role. I was obviously a lot more confident, you know, leaving high school than entering. But um, I still wasn't that good. Like I was... Yeah. <laughs> It and, and part of it was I didn't know how to, I still it took me years and years to figure out how to train yeah okay I feel like I've almost 
just beginning to understand now. So it took me 10, <laughs> 10, 10, 10 years of um, messing around to understand how to trade. Like, um, some people just clicks, mm-hmm. you know, and they can, um, or whether that's just their body response, some people just seem to find out how to train really early and mm. get those quick results. Um, but other people, it does take actually, if it, it does take a while, but I really had to, to understand training on a very deep level to get yeah. any results. Um, and yeah, I still wasn't training properly. Like there was at the, at the school gym, um, we weren't allowed to do squats, for example. Okay. So we're just doing leg press. They had this like leg press machine. I used to do the stack with one leg. It was, it was probably like, it was probably like, you know, um, 80 kilos or something. It wasn't very yeah. much weight, but um, you know, I thought that was pretty good. Um, and, and, and we did this, it, it, it was purely circuits. Yeah. So if you wanted to do heavy stuff, you had to do the circuit first. So some would do a circuit and then it'd be extra sets of bench press after. Yeah. Um, and, and like, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't think, I think the, yeah, maybe confidence took a little bit longer cause, um, you had to get actually get stronger. Yeah, of course. You know, and, um, yeah, so, so I, I, was still, I was still dabbling in it. I mean, there, there were a few things I did that were okay. Like, I, used, I did, like, um, sons do, like, 600 bodyweight squats in a row. Yeah, um, wow. Um, so I'd go for a run. Yeah. And then you do 600 squats and then run back. And that was a pretty good session. How are your legs after that? Yeah. <laughs> very, very small. <laughs> That's um, pretty cool. So you've got a few... Yeah. A f- you, you've delved into training. Uh, yeah. You know, you've just probably gone intuitive with mm. what you think is going to do, f- do well for you. Over that ten years, yeah. um, you've obviously you've just, just talked about you've you've done some poliquin yeah. uh, courses. Is there any other kind of courses, or, or if you had done any kind of mentors that have, have helped you through, or where, where have you mainly learned your knowledge from? Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm, I don't want to discount the um, university. Like, I think that was a really good base, learning the anatomy, learning yeah. the physiology. Um, so that was really good. And then, um, you know, obviously, yeah, poliquin. So two courses with him. Um, and then yeah, Tom was a really good mentor, and uh, yeah, I mean, I had a few others like um, when I started powerlifting, um, you know, when I was at uni. So okay. I had had a guy um, who went to the Olympics for pole vault, uh, yeah. Jim Miller, um, really interesting guy, and and yeah, he sort of um, yeah gave me a lot of ideas and uh, really ingrained one of the probably the first coach I had that ingrained. Or I mean, he's the first real coach I had. Mm. I mean, up until that point, you have coaches for various sports, but it's uh, just a, a parent who's doing it or a teacher who's doing it. It's not someone whose life goal is to actually be a coach. Yeah, okay. And who actually wants to get you to point A from, you know, point A to point B. So yeah. He was the first coach I've ever had who really ingrained the importance of technique. Yep. And that you didn't you when you when you trained, you didn't just load up the weights and grind it as many reps as you can. Yeah. You used a weight that you could handle appropriately for the sets and reps. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So so he was the first. Um, and I remember having a conversation with him about that because I was still getting my head uh, head around that concept. Because you know, um, I thought from a young age, just load it up as much weight as you can and, yeah. and grind it out. Well, it makes sense yeah. if you're gonna if you're gonna try and get as strong as you can. It makes sense that you've got to be lifting as heavy as you can, right? That, yeah. As a, as a kid. As a as a kid. As yeah, a kid. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but he was like, no, you, you've got to um, instead of putting the 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 sort of understanding that like we both talked about it, sort of understanding we came to, and the best the best way to describe it is. Instead of putting the external, your, all your energy into lifting an external weight 
uh, a maximal weight. What if you had a sub-maximal weight and you put all your energy into um, tightening your core, mm. you know, activating your glutes, yep. and locking your form in? Okay. So, so like a big thing is say, um, like when you're squatting, it's say upper body solid as a rock, legs like springs. Yep, okay. So, so is that to reduce the amount of energy you're losing through the lift, I'm guessing? Yeah, yeah. So, so there's, um, I mean, yeah, essentially you, when you're locking your technique, you're reducing energy, energy wasted, you know, throughout the lift. So it can literally, energy can leak from any joint mm-hmm. and lift. So the big one when you're squatting, if, you're, if your core and upper back are locked in and your entire torso, you're gonna your legs are gonna apply force into the ground and they're gonna round over. Yeah. And that's gonna be wasting a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, if you tr- if you can try that when when you squat, you don't actually need to think about using your legs. Mm-hmm. If you put all your energy into your torso, yeah, it's just gonna come up. The weight's yeah. just gonna fly up. Yeah. Um, the, the legs will actually do the do the. They know what to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's this weight you going down. It's got to come back yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Newton's laws, right? Yeah. Um, but, but it's yeah, it's like you've got to um. So yeah, I think that that was a big shift. Is yeah, you'll get a better result if you put your energy into holding technique mm-hmm. rather than mindlessly trying to throw energy everywhere, lifting a maximal weight okay. all the time. Okay. Yeah. So I know that with your online coaching, obviously it's a, it's a bit unique doing strength, strongman online coaching and, and powerlifting yeah. online coaching, and you really only go for people who have already experienced in the lifts and know, and know yeah, how to lift. Yeah. And yours is just about, you know, you've got a specific way the way you like to do the programming. So yeah. does this roll into your program? Do you start people quite light earlier on in, in their programming and then you work them up, or how does that work? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, since I'm not there in person, occasionally I'll do a few tricks to force them to lift properly. So, one, like I like doing pause squats, slow eccentrics, especially that first phase. Okay. So, if someone's technique's rough, I'll throw in some pauses. Yeah. So, they'll go down and pause. Um, a lot of people do pause squats at the bottom. I like it more about halfway down the sting point. Okay. And if you've ever paused there, so you literally you're pausing at the point of absolute worst leverage. Yes. So if, if your form's off at all, it's not going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to be tipping. <laughs> so yeah. there, there's a few little tricks like that because I can't, I'm not there to actually see them in person. Mm-hmm. And um, occasionally I'll, I do do stuff with him in person. Like my, my go, um, you know, people that are in WA, if something's really bad, I'll sometimes like drive it, drive it to the gym and help them out. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah. fair um, enough. You know, but um, especially, you know, they're going to Worlds or, you know, doing something big. So, yeah, um, nothing quite, I mean, on in person, there's a few things that you, you can do that you can't do online. So I, you do need that, um, you do need a, you need a lot of experience to train if you better coach someone online. Yeah. So I see so many trainers, they want to get into online straight away yeah because it, it is more convenient you do have a better lifestyle that, that's a fact yeah but you need that experience training people in person for years like I, I was um i was training people you know probably um you know f- three or four years before i had my first online client okay you know one, yeah. one, actually um i probably you know yeah it could be almost in yeah four or five years before yeah. i had my first online so where, where did you start out well, so I was training people at um, just the gym at uni, UWA gym. Yeah, okay. So that, that, that was cool. Um, yeah, you had to, you know, um, 
there wasn't really too many actual training clients. Yeah. You know, I had classes and then we had to write people programs to be able to come in and you had to assess them very quickly and then teach them the main lifts you wanted yeah. and write the program all within an hour. Yeah, so you okay. got a pretty fast set of yeah, yeah, programs. Yeah. 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 No, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and then you did, you did you did a little bit of work at Sh- Shredded and... Yeah, so, so, so work at Shredded, um, yeah, for about, um, yeah, about eight months. So that, yeah, um, that, that was um, that was good. Very, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's intense working there um, and they're very focused on fat loss. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I learned a lot there, especially that was, that, that, I mean, it was like a boot camp to be a, good, a better trainer. Yeah, okay. Really, like, um, everything has to be on point with your client's form. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. And your, and your programming. Um, so, I mean, up until then, yeah, that, that massively improved me as a trainer. Like, um, especially, and then, especially some of the general population you come in who can't physically squat or deadlift, mm-hmm. how you train them, you know, and actually get them, progress them to a point where they can do those big lifts. Okay. Something I've never really experienced. Yeah. Um, you know, th- those regressions. Um, but I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, it, it, I just wasn't passionate, that, you know, the, um, you know, the, the area of transformations and fat loss, yep. not so much the strength. So, um, yeah, I wanted to do my own thing. Um, I, I really just couldn't, I just couldn't get it. I couldn't get excited about getting clients. Like, yeah. It just wasn't my thing. Yeah. I just wanted, I almost wanted like, um, I mean, a lot of my clients have been great shape, but that's a, it's a byproduct mm-hmm. of good training and a sense, sensible nutrition. Yeah. I just never got excited about that as a be all and end all. I just wa- I wanted to create, um, you know, gr- really great athletes. Yeah. Um, you know, world records, that, that kind of thing. Um, I just couldn't get excited about getting people in shape. I just, um, yeah. Well, look, it, it, it interests me. it's, yeah, well, interest, you don't pick your interest, your interests pick you. It's yeah. a really strange phenomenon. It's like, yeah, oh, yeah. I enjoy this, yeah. but then you try and force yourself to do something just yeah. because there's X, Y, and Z money mm-hmm. or someone's giving exactly. opportunity. But if it's not going to work for you, then it's not a path that you want to go down. And that's what yeah. I, yeah, that's, I know, And some people, they force themselves into things they're not interested in just because they think there's more money. Exactly. Which is a road to, um, yeah, unstable, unstable mental health, I reckon. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> that um, was... Well, I mean, yeah, I'm glad you said that because, um, yeah, I, I feel like my interests got picked for me. Okay. Like, and, you know, everything's kind of led up to this point. Um, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I saw that Ginsburg Redwood book. Yeah. And it was like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. And at the time, couldn't even do one push up. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. It was probably the most unrealistic goal you could possibly set, but. Um, it's amazing how we, those sort of small things can get imprinted on your mind. Yeah. Like to, to think that, um, you know, I had I had the Guinness Book World Record books from yeah. the age of I don't know six. My mum used to get me every single Christmas. We'd have a brand new one, yeah, yeah. so I had probably about seven of them. It was just fascinating. It yeah. is. It's really interesting to see all the piercings and all things like that. You're just looking at these weird, weird things in this book. Yeah. This guy's got a world record for the number of piercings in his nose. Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> that's strange. But then obviously you've got all yeah. the athletic sort of stuff, mm. and I remember. Um, when I first started watching uh, Strongman, it would have been in the era where Pudinovsky was oh, yeah, was yeah, just sm- absolutely <laughs> smashing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then you had a, a f- few other guys come through, and, and now it's now it's a lot bigger, and it's like it's become more professional. Yeah. And um, have you noticed with the with the the growth on the TV? Have you noticed like because because you wouldn't really think in Perth or WA that you'd have Strongman, but there's quite a few competitors. Yeah, well, I mean, we've got the world's strongest man here for yeah. 90 kilos, which is crazy. And uh, in WA, 
Uh, I was going to say we have two world record holders, but um, one of them got beaten about a month ago. Oh, okay. So yeah. what was that? What record was so that? So it was the um, one o'clock. Uh, so Adam um, had the under 80 Axel Press world record, which was like, I think it was like 141.6. Um, <laughs> and then it got beat. I think, um, I can't remember what this guy, um, Dan Ashcroft, um, what did he get? Like 142 or something? Okay, anyway, Underrated. Under 80, yeah. Shit, it's so an inevitable it. body weight. But I mean, yeah, no, I'll, I really want Adam to go for it again at some point. I'll, I might even, <laughs> might even mess you about it because uh, um, I want that record back. Yeah, okay. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> so, um, Adam, if you're listening, we well, you need to get that record back. <laughs> 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 but, like, I, I mean, I, I think Adam can do 150. Yeah? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, he smoked the 140, 1.6. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know the the, the uh, if anyone knew the backstory behind that record, it's incredible what he went through to achieve that. So, well, we'll maybe leave that for him for his story to tell, yeah, shall yeah, we? Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to go into obviously we just talked about it's, strongman seems to be growing. I don't know if it's just because I've become a bit more yeah. hanging out with you guys. Yeah. Obviously, you've had Joe Paps come in to yeah. in the nineties. He's, he's yeah. got a very uh, you know a, with Naru, he's got a, t- a tough guy to to beat. Yeah, but he's come in. Great story with him. We're going to have him on the show as well because yeah. he's just, you know, he's, he goes away traveling, comes back and then yeah, comes yeah. second and gets it. Has he been invited over to Arnold's? No, yeah, but I'm sure he will. Because uh, I saw yeah. him on, on Facebook, he ticked that he was attending. So I was like, oh, have you got an invite? But yeah. that, that'd be pretty awesome. But oh, We're hoping they come out next week. Yeah, invites, okay. Yeah. Now with him, he's just got the mindset of a, you know, a, a SAS yeah. man. It's just, it's all up here. Yeah. So how much of, uh, being a world record holder is, is your mind and how much is, 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 is physical? Oh, the medals are such a big thing. So, um, like, uh, I'll often get my guys to do affirmations. Okay. So a series of, um, yeah, so affirmations I got from a coach and then in, uh, one of my coaches back in the day, so you repeat those. Um, so it's got, you know, statements like, um, I have faith that I achieve such and such goal. Okay. Um, I have a agenda taking actions for such and such a goal. I wait refreshed and energized to take action. Yeah. There's like about eight of them or something. Yeah. And they're just um, repeating that every day. Um, but yeah, what I've seen is if I have someone who truly believes they're going to win a competition, they will win. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So um, when, you know, when Noah Worlds, he, li- he, he literally he believed every fire he's being he was going to win. So he went there and he'd already won. Yeah, in his, in his he head, he'd already yeah, won it. Already yeah, won, yeah. Um, that's a, that's pretty cool. Like, Eddie Hall talks about when he when he pulled that five hundred kg. He's yeah. just like it would already been lifted a thousand yeah. times in his head. Yeah, um, but if there's one little seed of doubt, it's it's all over. Yeah, yeah. And uh, do you reckon that happened to you this year? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, the, the, the year the year I won the strongest man, um, I was the total underdog. Yeah. But uh, my coach at the time just said, kept on telling me that I could win. Yeah. And <clears throat> for some reason, yeah, I just got in the right, the headspace so I could win. And even um, when a lot of things went wrong on the day, um, uh, yeah, I ended up um, taking out the win. And then, yeah, this comp, there was that uh, accident with the sandbag that made yeah. up a fit fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Well, you yeah. dropped it on your, dropped it on your head and you, yeah, yeah. on your back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. looked at that and thought, ouch. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean, that wasn't exactly a confidence booster. So I kind okay. of let that get in my head. Okay. And then I ended up um, avoiding the sandbag 
in training because I didn't want to have that experience again. Yeah, okay. And I thought I'd better pull out all day, but it didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's interesting. And, you know, it, it was, um, yeah, I mean, it was frustrating because I, I did win three events. Yep. Um, well, I was, I was there and it was, it was all of a sudden just started absolutely hammering it down with rain and you were in the middle of your deadlifts. Yeah. And I was thinking, how is this guy meant to be pulling it, what, 300 and something kilograms when it's yeah. absolutely pissing it down with rain? Yeah. But you still managed to pull through that and did the reason. Well, I, I, I slipped on the 340, which is when the rain started. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it, it's like, in strongman, you just have to be ready for those kind of things. Yeah. So I don't really, it doesn't really bother me very much. Um, okay. Like, you know, you have to be prepared to lift without, you know, almost no warm-up. Yeah. You know, sometimes in terrible conditions and, yeah, I, I mean, none of that really phases me. Yeah. Um, so, I'm not, not too bothered. I mean, essentially, my, I should have, should have been stronger. Yeah, okay. You just have to be prepared for those things. Yeah. You've got to, yeah. So, what, what will you change for the, for this time round with your, with your training then? What do you reckon, what will be different? Uh, also, yeah, Arnold's have um, stepped it up massively. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, to be honest, yeah, the, so that missing that sandbag was a big wake up call that I have actually been uh, slacking yeah. in training and okay. cutting, cutting corners. Okay. And um, because I'm coaching myself, I don't have the, I didn't have the accountability of sticking to a strict program. Mm -hmm. But now, now I've actually, so you know, yeah, I was, I was almost um, sort of riding off a little bit of, a little bit of natural talent, a little bit of the hard work I've done in the past yeah. to get me through the prep. Bit of the ego. Yeah. Bit of the ego get through. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and I was, I really was not training in a structured manner. Okay. And uh, cut, just cutting corners, basically. And, yeah. Um, yeah, so massive work haul, but this, it's been a complete 180. So now what I'm doing is I'm actually pretending that I'm one of my own clients. Okay. So yeah. I actually, um, I mean, this will sound ridiculous to some people, but I email myself my own training spreadsheet yeah. and then fill it out and email myself back. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way I can do it because Look, otherwise it's not going to be objective. I mean, that's, that's just reflection, right? Yeah. So I, I have a book, um, I'll write into a book and I'll write, uh, yeah. where, where have I failed? I'll write into my notebook and I'll reflect on it and say, okay, what's gone wrong? What's yeah. happened? And it's just exactly the same as what you're doing. You're just having a conversation with yourself. Uh, every, yeah. other, every other week when I don't have a guest on here, mm -hmm. I'm just talking to a podcast yeah. and it's me reflecting on my week or it's me reflecting yeah. on the experience I've yeah. learned. So it's no different from that. You just yeah. use an email. But, but I mean, um, yeah, with training, it can be such a thing that you're tight, you know, a lot of self-worth and ego is tied up in. So I just have to pretend, okay, this is someone else's program mm -hmm. and I'm just going to fill it out how I would with them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I want to move on to a bit into um, like training modalities and yeah. things like that. Um, what would you say the main difference between powerlifting and strongman when it comes to training would, would be? Okay, so powerlifting, you have to be good at three events. Okay. And it's essentially the same format every time. The same rules, um, you know. There's a few different federations, but um, and you know, powerlifters do. They need, a, I think, a few powerlifters need to learn from strongmen, not to stress out when something's not standardised. <laughs> you, know, you get some powerlifters; they stress out when um, the platform's not entirely straight. Yeah. Or you know, they haven't got the right deadlift bar to train on. <laughs> it's like um, strongman. It's like normal. Yeah, yeah. No, it's normal for, for, for there to be non-ideal conditions. You know, like you said, it was like rain. You know, pounds would not like it nah. when it was raining. But um, <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, I think you're both, well, 
I mean, I'm more interested in strongman because it's more of an intellectual challenge. Okay. Uh, because instead of training for three events, you have to train for, you know, potentially there's 30 to 50 events you could get given. So you've got to break it up and you can't possibly train every event. Mm-hmm. So you need to actually, and, and then a lot of the events are highly, highly fatiguing. Okay. You know, if you're running with a 400 kilo yoke, yep. enormous amount of load on the back and the knees, yep. how do you program your squats and deadlifts in the same week? Yeah. And then you've got farmer's walk, stones, yep. heavy log press. You've got all the, it's a lot more, there's a lot more modalities that are taxing on the body. Yep. So power things are a lot more, a lot simpler to train for. Okay. Um, so there's more to consider when it comes to much, to, much to, to strongman, yeah. Because you don't want to be overtraining certain, uh, you know, your knees, for example. You, you know, I know Ayrton picked up a, a wrist injury through for his training, yeah. and it was just to try and then work around that in strongman. I mean, powerlifting, you could pro- you potentially could just rest a little bit, or mm-hmm. whereas strongman, you've got so many different events that you still have to train for. You have a little niggle. It's going to be difficult to get rid of, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so it, it's yeah, to- totally different sport. Um, but I mean, like you've, you've, there's been, recently there's been a few strongmen who've gone over to powerlifting and done amazingly well, like Graham Hicks and Athol Bjornsson. Yeah. You know, they're they both of them could potentially break the world record if they had a perfect day. Yeah. Um, and they probably, uh, you know, they both had um, Sebastian Oreb who talked them up and said they would break the world record their first time. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it's hard to get that all those lifts perfectly in one day. Um, but yeah, I mean, yes, yes, yeah, totally different sports. So, um, and the other thing about strongman um, that I really enjoy. So when I was when I did powerlifting, when I did a meet, I just found it so boring. Like it felt like it felt like an exam. Yeah. Okay. You know, so many stringent rules. Like I remember, um, one time I was uh, failed a bench press because the side of my foot lifted up and had yeah. to be totally flat. Oh really? So I was I was doing IPF comps, which are very strict. Yeah. And I was like. It's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, yeah. Where strongman is just get the weight up yeah. from point A to point B. Um, but it just like, there, there wasn't that, I crave some actual competition. Mm-hmm. In powerlifting, there's not as much back and forth in competition because you've got three lifts. I mean, whereas in strongman, you know, you've got five events. Yeah. And you can, um, you know, the order changes on your placing in the other events. And there's ones, there's events that depend on mental toughness, mm-hmm. you know. So if you're behind, you can like, okay, I'm gonna kill myself on this sandbag carry max distance to, yeah. to regain points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you know, go like there's there's, there's a, the strategy in there as well. Strategy. Yeah. It's it, it's an actual sport. Yeah. Okay. It's powerlifting. The test of max strength. It's a test of max strength. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, sometimes you get a good back and forth um, in some competitions, and it's cool to watch. Yeah. But, you don't see it as much as you do in strongman. Yeah. You know? Um. And, and like, in addition to that, I like how, especially like uh, so at, the, at the pro level, you need to be strong year round. Mm. Like a power thing, uh, a top power can be you know once or twice a year. Yeah, yeah. And they need this long build up. Whereas strongman is like, no, screw that, screw this peaking, yeah. yeah. You know, periodization. You just need to be strong year round because like there's there's some guys, um, well, there's uh. Alexei Novikov and Jeff Kron, who are both, you know, um, right up there, um, top ten. Or I don't think no- Novikov got top ten last year, but he's right up there. They're doing thirty comps a year. Oh wow! So, um, and they're improving. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you know, to me that's like true strongman is being able to compete that often and yeah. put on the line 
and not uh, bitching out of comps. Yeah. But and that's something I really want to attempt this year is to compete. You know, at le- um, well, I've got kind of a fifteen comps sort of outlined okay compete a lot more often yeah 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 and see what happens well that's just going to grow experience right yeah because you know out of all those 15 competitions look you potentially could win all of them but there's going to be some more failures in there Absolutely, and you're yeah. just going to learn from those and yeah you're only you're only young and yeah you look at some of these world yeah the, the, the people who are competing in the world's strongest man on, yeah, yeah. on the tv and yeah, some of them are still competing in their late 30s and, and yeah, 40s because yeah. you, with strength you can continue to as you mature your, yeah. your strength gets you get stronger as well as long as you can keep keep training yeah so yeah. It's, it's not like it's a, a sport like soccer or rugby no. where you, you, your career is over by the time you're 30 so you've got a long way to go yeah, no, I mean, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's just, um, it'll be an interesting challenge because, yes, and, and the other thing about strongman, you've really got to, especially as a heavyweight, you've got to, um, so not only master all these events, and then on top of that, you need conditioning, so you've got to do additional conditioning work, and then potentially, um, you're getting so big, you've got to regain, always regain your athleticism, so, mm-hmm. you know, I'm doing a lot of stretching now, which I know you do, because I've lost a lot of my mobility from when I was 100 kilos to mm-hmm. now. Um, you know, when I was 100 kilos, I do the splits. I can't do that now. Fuck. So, so when I, I want to re- regain that, yeah, okay. that, I've, that I've lost. Yeah. And there's, there's no reason why I can't. Yeah. It's just um, a lot of effort. Effort when you yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you you you're just putting time into it, right? It's yeah. it's it's where you're putting your energy and your focus. And if if you know that for you, that's something that you need to do. Yeah. Um, like with 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 these sort of sports, you need to be mobile because you because yeah. you, you're picking things up off the ground exactly. to, to above your head. It's not yeah. like you, it's not like powerlifting where you've just got a, a certain range of motion that you're yeah. moving through, a certain technique that you're aligned to. Mm-hmm. It's more just like you've got to get that back, and you've just yeah. got to keep going. And when it gets to the point where you're fatiguing, yeah. like the form goes out the out the window then all of a sudden you're just like right now it's just me and a battle of how much more i can move so having that mobility is obviously going to reduce that risk of injury right yeah well another thing i've seen especially from um coaching nah is uh you know he was a crossfit athlete before he went to strongman yeah okay and and i've got and actually i've coached a few guys that have um gone from crossfit to strongman so there was another guy um mark who um i used to coach who has the New Zealand uh, deadlift and log record by Navy. Okay. And yeah, re- he was a really good CrossFit competitor, almost qualified for the games as an individual. Fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, absolute, absolute beast. And then, yeah, what did he want to strongman? It was a very easy transition. Yeah. And yeah, I could see, yeah. So from, tho- from those guys, I see the guys who are, who are really good CrossFitters who go to strongman, they dominate. At, you know, just that mobility and just the conditioning, the fitness. Okay. Um, you know, if, if you're fitter, um, you know, you, you, reach, you reach a point where there's all these heavy events you have to train in one week. If you haven't got a good cardiovascular system, you can't actually recover enough to get all the volume in. And after a comp, you're going to be, feel absolutely beaten up. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just um, one thing I would yeah, work on is yeah, doing more conditioning, um, and that's, you know, something is not really even in consideration for a powerlifter. It's, yeah. Yeah. And then on top of that, um, you know, I'm only 120, so very small for an open competitor. Yeah. I need to be doing a whole bunch of, uh, additional bodybuilding work because I'm, I'm not naturally a big guy. Okay. So yeah. I'll, I can't really believe that, but. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so yeah, it, it's it's interesting. It's, you almost um, you're forced to do almost a conjugate style of periodization. Okay. Because you need to increase speed, power, 
hypertrophy, muscular endurance, yeah, you know, technical proficiency, yeah, all at the same time, and never have an off season, you know, year round. Yeah. yeah. So the, the conjugate method. Um, you yeah. sent me uh, the book, the, the yeah, West yeah. West Side book, and I checked out the the Netflix video. Those yeah. guys are fucking crazy, <laughs> yeah. absolutely crazy. But that's what it yeah. takes to be a world record holder, right? In that sort of gym, yeah. you've got to have that. Well. Um, I had, I had an interesting conversation with, um, yeah, one of my friends about this was saying how, um, one thing you really didn't like, there was this scene where they interviewed this guy who said about how he missed all his son's swimming Yeah, okay. Yeah. Because it was bench night. Yeah. And it was like, and he achieved some world records, but it was like, is that, is that really worth it? Mm. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's one thing you can, you don't need to, I mean, you do make some big sacrifices, but I don't think you need to sacrifice time with your kids. I think you need to, if you, if that's the case, you need to manage your time better. Yeah. You know, I, I, like it's tough, it's tough, but yeah, I think you can, um, and yeah, you, you're not going to spend, um, you know, as much time as you could, but I think, I think you can make, you can make a compromise. Yeah. I don't think you need to, um, go to that extreme and, and, and be, just be an asshole. Well, but, but I think that just shows a bit more of a, a, a greater value in yourself, to be honest with you, that yeah. you probably would put your your family first, which is which is awesome. Um, and these guys that are over there, jacked up on the gear, mm. all their focus is on that. They're very eager to still yeah, yeah. Com- competing against each other. Yeah. It's almost like if you drop, if he, you know, these sort of people who dropped out to see their go to their kids swimming, they'll just get kicked out of that gym. It was yeah. that sort of, that sort of mindset exactly. wasn't allowed yeah. in that gym. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, a, a written rule that mm. if you're going to go and train at Westside, you, you, you're you're training with those guys, and that's your that's your life, and that's your family. Yeah. So, but well, well I mean, um, yeah, Louis is a smart guy, but his training methods aren't what's made his gym so successful. It's the it's the culture there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. Putting a bunch of yeah. guys in a room, um, forcing them to compete against each other, and seeing who survives, essentially. Pretty much, yeah. you know, you, few people did. Well, obviously, didn't die of well, the weights, but there's, a, there's, a, there's a, the, the wall of, um, you know, there's a wall of people that have passed away. Fuck, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought when I was growing up, I thought that the gym that I trained in was brutal. Like, yeah, yeah we were just training a gym yeah. back at home called uh, called Apollo Gym. And it was just like all powerlifters. Yeah. You go, you walk through, and it's just like chalks just everywhere. Yeah. It's just like massive guys. All yeah. just like, there's, you don't see a single woman in that gym yeah, because yeah. it's just everyone's just there to compete. Yeah. And I remember being like 10, 12 years old. My dad used, to, my dad used to take me because at the time his partner actually uh, worked behind the desk. Yeah. So I used to just jump behind the desk and help out, eat the protein yeah. bars, and eat, yeah. eat, drink the protein shakes, and then yeah. just like seeing some fucking huge guys like yeah. pulling three, three hundred, three fifty, four hundred you know, deadlifts. Be like. Yeah. And that's how I got into into training yeah, you know, through, through through yeah. my dad and through that sort of stuff. So, powerlifting was 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 uh, one of my good friends at the bottom yeah. of the road. His dad was actually a world record powerlifter at the time. Yeah. So, I always I've always had this kind of uh, knowledge about squats, deadlifts, yeah. bench. I've I've learned a technique, and I was fucking a skinny rake when I was seventeen yeah, yeah. years old. And my dad just said to me, "Look, just do squats, deadlifts, and bench press yeah. three times a week." And just get and just slowly get heavier and heavier. This was when I was at university, and he goes, "Just eat as much as you can." Yeah. And within yeah. the space of a year, I'd put like you know, eight to ten kilos on. Yeah, yeah. Because at that age, it's fucking easy to do that anyway yeah. when you start training. But yeah, it's fucking definitely makes a big difference. Yeah. So I wanted to take like so. I'm thinking this year of maybe potentially competing in the uh, just in the qualifiers. Yeah, yeah. For, and not sure whether to go under nineties or whether to go. 
and the 105. I'm yeah. sitting currently, I'm sitting at 94. Yeah. The aim is to get down to 90 and try and just then bring my calories up to a point where my strength's improving, but yeah. my weight's not going up too much. Yeah. For some advice for someone who hasn't competed before, what would you, where, what, what would you tell me to do? Um, I mean, preface, I'm looking at all your numbers, but I, I mean, I think um, you could definitely start in the 90s, but then because you're tall, mm. eventually you're going to have to move to the 105s. Yeah. It's just, just a fact, but um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you could, um, I think you would be competitive at the under 90s just because your height, so you'd be good at moving events. Um, but I don't, if, if you're actually training hard for strong men, then I'll probably just be one comp. And then yeah. <laughs> you're going to put on too much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, uh, but your body will find that point where it wants to be strong. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. For your height, yeah, you really have to be a 105. Yeah. Now, I've, I was thinking that because, I mean, I just, just earlier last year, yeah. I did a 12-15 bout of just mm. training training for max strength, essentially, and yeah. I got PBs and all my deadlift, bench, and, yeah. and squat. But I pushed myself up to 105 kilos. Yeah, yeah. And I'd never been that heavy before. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I don't want to have to consume this much food all the yeah, time. Yeah. I was just getting, you know, my gut was just always full. Mm. I was just like always having to yeah. take a shit. I was just always just back in, yeah. just constantly having to feed. But that's what it takes. Yeah, but I mean, it, uh, in saying that, um, I think um, whenever I've made my biggest uh, step forward in muscle mass is when you, or anyone, is when you do a cut beforehand and resensitize your body to food, yep. to carbohydrates. So I think that's a great idea. Get, get to under 90s, yep. do one comp. Um, you know, I think you'll smash it. And, you. the, and then you'll, uh, but the cut, the cut to get down there, yeah. you'll, you'll get an awesome rebound, actually put on a lot of quality lean tissue. Yeah, awesome. And then um, rather than just, if you, you know, if you, if now you just bulked up to 105, you wouldn't get, you wouldn't accumulate as much lean tissue as if you're really... Starting off leaner. Starting off leaner, yeah. yeah. And, and that's, uh, that's one thing I've really, um, yeah, learned the hard way is that, um, bulking it's just not the way to go <laughs> no i mean for, for, for most my clients if yeah. they if they say to me they want to put muscle on it's like if they, if they've got you know more than 50 15 percent 20 percent body fat I'll, I'll try and drop a few percent body fat first just because they become more insulin sensitive yeah. Yeah, you know testosterone's higher all those yeah. sort of things so they actually can put muscle on and build yeah. strength a lot easier because of the physiological state of their body yes um, so that's what I'm looking to do is looking to get myself a little bit leaner. I'm actually focusing more on conditioning at the moment. So I'm yeah. doing a lot of sprints and doing a lot of mobility work and ground mobility to work so yeah. to get the function in the hips. Yeah. And I'm spending a lot more time on the floor and having to get back up again yes. because I know when it comes to strongman that it's just not picking stuff up. It's actually having to get up above your head and yeah. you've got to have strength all over. Yeah. Um, so moving away back from me, we've got a couple of questions that I ask everyone or I have yep. going to be asking everyone on this podcast. It's, uh, the podcast is Perform Through Health, obviously that's the, yep. the name of the business. Uh, two focuses. Number one question will be to you is what do you need to be doing now to take your levels of performance to the next step, next phase? Uh, my own level? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. So I've, yes, yeah, so actually following the structured program, which, yep. I, which, I'm, which I'm doing now, um, and then, uh, and now, another big change I've made um, after that, uh, missing that sandbag is uh, getting a bit more of a handle on my diet. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a it's a conundrum. Uh, is how do you, you know, lose fat, build muscle at the same time? Mm. You know? um, and, and essentially, I mean, there's a lot of fat guys in strongman, but um, I think for for me personally, um, I'm never going to be one of the bigger guys, so I'm better off. Keeping staying staying lean or getting getting lean rather, yeah, and then 
being more conditioned, yep. better at moving events, and that'll be a better all-round package, rather than just trying to, uh, you know, get get really big and max out my max, you know, okay. top end strength. Yeah. Um, so you're getting handle of diet. So I'm literally recording every single thing I'm eating, how many calories, protein, carbs, fat, writing in a diary, and then um, all the supplements I'm taking, and then weighing myself every day and then I'll get DEXA scans every three months to see how much lean mass is actually being put on. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, probably blood work about once, once a month to see yeah. how my health markers are going. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then that's all all basically in a, in a diary. So you're, so you no, it sounds like you're a fan of monitoring now. You've, you've actually gone from just going, no, all right, I'm <laughs> going to gonna just wing it this year to then actually going, <laughs> all right, I'm actually going to measure uh, which is the key to performance, right? It's looking at measurables and then going, okay, yeah. are these improving? Are they not improving? We exactly. need we need to reassess if not. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, absolutely. Like, um, and you know, <laughs> yeah, it's been a big wake up call to realize how much I've actually been overeating. Uh, overeating. Yeah. Okay. It, so it, how how us. how much you, how much do you, do you know roughly how much you you currently were eating or what, how much you should be eating? Can, okay. Just calories. So uh, I think there's there's been periods of time uh, um, I wasn't really monitoring, but yeah. I would now estimate I was having. You know, uh, six to eight thousand calories. Fuck. <laughs> Shit. When I, you know, when I was like half of those coming from milk. I think it was when you when I was coming around to your place. It's like were you saying you drink just like three or four liters of milk a day. Yeah, just... yeah I've done that in the past. Yeah. <laughs> good, yeah. good way to get calories in though. Not something I'd recommend. But I mean, the, the, that's the thing. So there's, there's this outdated notion of eat big to get big. Yeah. There's some truth in that, uh, but for I mean, yeah, for I mean, it, it depends how you want to attack it. So the fact is, the heaviest people are going to lift the biggest weights. So the you mm-hmm. know, in strongman competition, the guys that are 180, 200 kilos, they're the guys doing the biggest deadlifts, the biggest presses. Um, but you've got to look at your overall package in strongman. Yeah. Are you going to favor, are you going to really try and max in that top end strength or are you going to try be better all around? And, and there are some lighter guys coming in, you know, one, 130 to 150 kilos yep. that are doing amazingly well. You know, there's um, Matthias Kilikovsky, Alexei Novikov, young guys who are coming in a bit lighter and they're um, beating guys that are, you know, 180 kilos. Yeah. So there, there, there's multiple ways of, to attack it. But so... Yeah, the plan I'm going for is, yeah, be a little bit lighter, a little bit leaner. Um, and then, yeah, the flex, obviously the flexibility we've talked about, regaining. So the first one is going to be regaining my ability to do the splits, and then I'll find another flexibility goal. Okay. So maybe another body one, for example. Yeah. And really attack that. Um, and then, yeah, uh, you know, uh, sleep, uh, sleeping more, optimizing my sleep a bit better. And then... Um, yeah, you stay on top of affirmations, um, mindset stuff. But, okay. Um, yeah, but but basically, um, that's it. Like, I'm I'm not. Um, that's what I'm committing to at the moment. Yeah. Changes and then yep. get, get better over time. Well, that's it. You, it yeah. sounds like the first thing you've you've done is you've, you've put the structure. You've found your yeah. thing. You've found your measures, which is yeah. which is your performance measures. Yeah. You, you then you're gonna look. You've looked at your nutrition. You're sorting yeah. that out, and then all the other things obviously just have to become a part of it. And they have to become yeah. a habit. But it's looking at those first couple of things first. And I think yeah. for yourself, as you just said, it's a structure. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty awesome. Um, one final question, and yeah. then we'll just uh, we'll close up. But uh, 
So the other question that I have is, is in the general population of the world, obviously there's quite a few health uh, issues going on in, yeah. in Western society at the moment. You know, obesity is rife, uh, yeah. type 2 diabetes, sleep issues, all that sort of stuff. Mm. If you could change one thing about Western society to improve health, yeah. what would that be? Ooh, okay, so good question. I think people um, yeah, need to take uh, ownership of their bodies more. So you yeah. see yeah, a lot of people... Um, yeah, well, you know, if, if they get a, uh, if they get like, um, you know, back pain or knee pain or some kind of pain, um, yeah, that they, they want something external mm-hmm. to fix them. So they want some kind of treatment. Um, where in, in actual fact, I think a lot of these issues are coming from incorrect movement. Okay. Um, or lack of movement. Yep, definitely agree. Um, and yeah, people need to actually take ownership of themselves to change the way they move, even change the way they sit, their posture. And uh, help help fix those things. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's not really the knowledge out there of how to do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think um, yeah, I'd like to figure out a way to yeah empower people to um, you know learn how to move their bodies and use their bodies correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I've just um, like I used to do a when I was at university, I used to take a class for uh, older people, and you just see the lack of mobility. Mm. And, uh, and it just made me really grateful that I was doing like stuff like squats and deadlifts mm. now because it's very hard to lo- learn how to do that when you're 60. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. there's just people just, body's completely locked up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think people just need, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to do that, but yeah. It's just own, own ownership at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, take ownership of your body. Yeah. And, um, Move more. Move more. <laughs> well, look, mate, I can, I can completely relate with that. I mean, going back to the story where I was telling you when I, I was you know, being told by my dad to go squat, deadlift, and, yeah. and bench press like you know, three times a week. And yeah. there was a point where I, I'd had so- shoulder surgery and I was no longer playing rugby, but I was yeah. like, fuck it, I can, I can still get in, I can still squat. So I'm just going to squat as much yeah. as I can. And I did that for about a year or two. And my legs got huge, I was feeling great. Yeah. All I was doing was focus on that. But then I didn't do any mobility work. Yeah. And then I ended up, uh, one day I had to start getting real bad pains in my hips. Yeah. Um, and I, uh, it, it, after about a week or two, I was actually struggling to walk. Yeah. So I went, in the UK, it takes a little while to go and see a doctor because yeah. it's, the NHS is a little you know, grateful yeah. for it, but it's, it takes a long process. And it took me about six weeks and I had an x-ray and they're like, oh, we can't see any x-ray. And then I had an MRI and it turns out that has femoral acetabular impingement on yeah. both, my, both my hips. Yeah. And it got to a point where I, I couldn't do upper body because my shoulder was fucked. Yeah. And now I'm, now I'm being told by the surgeons, you have to stop squatting. Yeah. And I got mentally, I was depressed. Yeah, yeah. I was depressed, man. Yeah. So like, you think of people who don't, do, don't move at all. Mm. And there, there's a funny story. I went, I went to uh, John, John Forest National Park yeah. a few years, years back. And there was a little kind of stream that you could just basically jump across or step yeah. across. And there was two people just walking through the park and they were both very overweight. And the woman went to step over and she put her leg over, but then she got stuck because she was too scared to move her yeah. other leg to yeah. step over it. So yeah. she was stuck there because her partner was so overweight and he couldn't move. He couldn't physically get to her oh. to hold her hand. Yeah. And then I was there, I was at the top like oh. looking down yeah. and I was thinking, this woman needs help, but I don't want to go and help because I feel embarrassed for him that yeah. he can't help his own partner. Yeah. Eventually I jumped down and then just grab her hand and give her a thing across and they were both like, thank you. But I was like, if, if you had looked after yourself, you'd got out yeah. more, you, yeah, yeah. you wouldn't get to that point in your life where, Absolutely. and I completely agree, people need to move more. Yeah. So it's been awesome to, to have you on. Um, are you currently taking any clients on? Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, so um, I, I did say I was, uh, wasn't taking on any, but um, re- reopened for yeah. to take on more clients. Okay, so how, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, so uh, probably the best way is just uh, Instagram, yep. uh, Maximus McCall. Maximus McCall, yeah. you got an email at all? Um, just best on Instagram. And Inst- Instagram, yep. cool, awesome. The easiest way, yeah. All right, well, it's been great to chat. Yep. I think we've been chatting for about an hour now, so. Okay. I thought we were just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're, getting up. <laughs> look, no, 